It's podcasting time! This is Just Another Jerk Dispatches from Japan, the podcast! As always, I'm your host, Jonathan Isaacson, and please remember to go out, subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Uh, Please remember to rate, review, and share the podcast as well. So by the time this podcast drops, it will be less than two months until the start of the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo, even though it's 2021. Uh, Yeah, they're keeping the name, I guess. You know, can't screw that up. Got to keep that four-year cycle for the Summer Games, I guess. Um, Yeah, at this point, more than 80% of the Japanese public doesn't want the game they don't want the games to go ahead as scheduled you know it's it's pretty evenly split at this point between people saying okay let's push it off push it back again postpone it again um, and people who just, just say nope let's just cut our losses and stop don't stop the charade get just get the games done get them out of here um, now the thing with pushing them off the next winter games are you know less than a year away and those are going to be in, in Beijing in, to, in, in uh, I guess it'll be early 2022. So you'd have two, I mean, yes, I know it, back in the day, back in the eight, you know, until the, I guess, 90, early, mid, somewhere in the mid nineties, I guess, when they switched over that to the, to, to having the, the, the summer and winter games being alternating two years. But, you know, yeah, once upon a time, the games were in the same year, but we haven't done that for, you know, 20, whatever years. So they, they don't want to do that anymore because Olympic International Olympic Committee, which, yeah, them. So, yeah, 80% of Japanese people want the games to be either postponed or just canceled outright. Why? Well, the Rona. Because Tokyo, Osaka, Nagoya, Fukuoka, Hokkaido... Okinawa, a whole bunch of places in Japan are experiencing surges in coronavirus cases. And in fact, a lot of them are under states of emergency right now. Um, We've also had these kind of semi-states of emergency that we had up around where where I live up in Sendai for a while, but it's settled down in Tohoku, so we're back to kind of just as we've been. Just be careful, but go about your life normally. So, yeah, the, the, the coronavirus is just everywhere. And they say states of emergency in lots of parts of the country. And uh, vaccinations, yeah. Uh, those um, those will happen someday. Um, at this point, medical professionals, we seem to be just now getting our medical professionals up to like 80% vaccinated. Um I think I saw like a week or so ago, medical professionals, something between 70 and 80%, somewhere in that range, have been fully, I don't know if, I didn't see if it was fully or at least one time vaccinated. Yeah, our medical professionals aren't fully vaccinated yet. Uh, and earlier this month, okay, so the medical professionals, they started vaccinations, I guess, in February, maybe it was March, they started those. And it was just this year, I'm sorry, this month, May, that they started vaccinating old folks, so 65 and older. 
Uh, it depends on the on the municipality, but it's generally speaking, 65 and older. Some places starting at 70. There are a few places I saw even like the very first ones were like 80 and older, so the very old elderly population. Um, but yeah, at this point, something like 3.5% of the 65 and older population have been vaccinated. Uh, they started with folks who are extremely high risk, with so people who are in nursing homes, people who are in group situations. Um, and I think at the end of this month, they'll finally start kind of more general senior citizen, 65 and older vaccinations. Um, like my in-laws, they got their, they got a card saying, here's your, here's your, your, your card. You say you can come get vaccinated, but they had no, they didn't get a date as to when they could start making reservations. I think they recently got the dates, but. It's slow. The rest of the population, who knows? I mean, I've heard politicians like uh, the the prime minister saying, oh, we hope to have everyone vaccinated by the end of July, and I'll believe that when I see it. Um, that ain't going to happen. Most credible sources I've seen, like people who actually know things about how this is going to go, they seem to say, Maybe by the end of this calendar year, we might have the majority of the Japanese population vaccinated. And that includes people like me who, you know, we live here. And yeah, so I mean, there are finally signs of progress. Um, so, for example, here in Sendai, where I live, they have just uh, recently put out a pamphlet kind of showing where all the vaccination locations are going to be and kind of the general overview of the procedures. So that's a good sign. It looks like Sendai is getting ready, gearing up for the vaccinations. I know there's like a, 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 a going to be a, a large scale vaccination site that they've got set up near Sendai station, start with the elderly population and then kind of hopefully more generally speaking, the wider population shortly after that. Um, I know finally Japan approved its second, uh, the second vaccination. We for a long time it was only the Pfizer vaccination that was approved. Finally, Moderna has been approved, and they also actually approved the AstraZeneca one, the one that was in uh, coming out of Europe. That I know was had some concerns, but they seem to be probably okay. Um, and that the AstraZeneca has been approved, I think, kind of as a backup to kind of have that as an uh, an extra stock of vaccinations if are if they're needed. At least that's what it, that's what I think I got from the news the other day. So, why why is Japan so slow on getting vaccinations going when you know countries like the U.S. are well over fifty percent have had at least one vaccination, and places like Europe, a lot of places in Europe are similar. Well. I think there's a couple reasons. One, Japan, like a lot of countries in East Asia outside of China, did relatively well in the early days of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Right, we never had the 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 horror stories coming out of the hospitals. Right, we never had triage, you know, units being set up in the big parks and the big cities like they had to do in New York City and in, in Central Park for a while. We haven't had that here in Japan, so there hasn't been any like pressure to really push getting the vaccines going. Um, 
And I do keep seeing things about Japan being a fairly vaccine hesitant country, which seems weird to me because the flu vaccines are widely available and a lot of people are getting them. So I, I don't I mean, maybe maybe this is true. Maybe Japan is kind of a vaccine hesitant country, but I haven't seen it personally, but that doesn't mean anything. But I think that but just in general, Japan fair has fared fairly well compared to a lot of the rest of the world as far as like the, the number of cases and the severity of the cases. So there wasn't any pressure to get the vaccines going as fast as possible. And the other thing is that Japan just isn't what you think it is, most of you. Now, if you've lived here, if you've spent any time here, if you know someone who's lived here or spent time here, you know what I'm talking about. Japan is not this high-tech wonderland that is on the cutting edge of everything. This is a country where fax machines are finally no longer the standard form of communication. And like this is in the past like two years, I'm talking, that fax machines have stopped being the super widely used. Japan, just it, it's not this cutting edge place that people have this image of. Things are not super high tech here. And the bureaucracy is incredible. You think the U.S. has red tape? Come to Japan. The red tape here is ridiculous. So those factors, all these things kind of coming together, mean our vaccination program is very, very slow. And so this all leads us to the question, why not just cancel the Olympics? It's it's the middle of a pandemic. There's still states of emergency right now in Tokyo, less than two months before the games. Why can't we just cancel the Olympics? Well, a big part of it is that Japan can't cancel the Olympics. The only people that can cancel the Olympics are the members of the International Olympic Committee, the IOC. So contracts for the host cities for Olympics are incredibly one-sided in favor of the IOC. A a country, a city that's hosting the games, they just can't up and cancel without going over a, a, a huge, super high bar to to cross to say that no we cannot hold these games and cancel the olympics without the olympic committee's approval so sure japan could just say no we're not going to do it but that would mean japan would be on the hook well the insurers for japan's for the japanese olympic committee they would be on the hook for all the lost revenue i mean if the ioc pushed the issue and there's a really good article over on Yahoo Sports. Um, it's called uh, Who Has the Power to Cancel the Tokyo Olympics by Henry Bushnell. Or Bushnell, I'm sorry, I don't know which pronunciation it is. Um, and it's really good. It, it goes into all the ins and outs of like how one side of the contracts are and what the hurdles would be for Japan to actually legitimately claim that it's it'd be it'd be bad to hold the Olympics and that therefore we're going to pull out. So yeah, if you really want more kind of details, go check that out. Like I say, who has the power to cancel the Tokyo Olympics? Uh, Henry Bushnell. And like I say, the factors, um, 
are largely the contract. So the contract favors the IOC. Japan, Japan's biggest leverage is the fact that they would be banking on the IOC not wanting the PR hit from suing the host city for breaking contract. That's their leverage. That's the leverage Japan has, is that the, the PR hit that the IOC would take, which, I mean, we could... I don't know that that's a bet I want to take, given what I think most of us at this point know and think about the IOC. Um, yeah, it, it's... I mean, probably the IOC wouldn't do that because that's really... I mean, they're, they're having a hard time getting host cities, you know, cities to bid to be the host city anyway. So this would just be absolutely end any hope of putting the Olympics anywhere but um, dictatorships and authoritarian regimes. Um, yeah, so the, it's it's probable that the IOC wouldn't sue Japan over, or sue Tokyo over the Olympics if Japan just, if Tokyo just said, nope, we're not doing it. But that's, again, that's, that's kind of taking a risk um, and hoping that the IOC is not colossal assholes. Um, but I haven't seen anything to prove that they aren't. So it's not a risk personally I would want to take. That's, that's the main reason why Japan just can't unilaterally say, nope, the Olympics are off. Japan cannot do that. That's the IOC decision only. So yeah, that all of this, yeah, it's, it's a big mess, you know, and another big factor in it is that, so the majority of the revenue for an Olympic Games comes from TV contracts, not from in-person ticket sales. I mean, think about it. It, It's actually, it makes sense if you actually stop and think about it. So basically every country in the world broadcasts the Olympics on TV in some form. That's a lot of eyeballs and a lot of TV contracts and a lot a lot of money in person. So the largest venue is what the Olympic Stadium, the main the the, the athletics stadium, the track and field stadium. That's what seventy, maybe eighty thousand people. I mean that's peanuts for an organization like this. That's it's, it's, in terms of the overall revenue of the games, eighty thousand people for a day. That's nothing. You know, that's nothing compared to the billions and billions and billions of dollars spent by TV, uh, spent on TV contracts. So that's a big part of it. I mean, it's all about the money. It's all about the Benjamins, right? And so all of this is to say, barring an absolute catastrophe, the Olympics are going to happen in two months. And it's very likely going to be something of a fiasco. So... I forget when it was. It was a month or so ago. Maybe it was two months ago. And the government of Japan, like they put out a request for like 500 nurses to come help with the games. And I I think they may have even asked the nurses to come on a volunteer basis, which is just I except that that I don't recall exactly. That may have been that may not be true. But I, I seem to recall there was something where they asked people to come on a volunteer basis. It may have been the nurses, but I think they're also look, look asking for nurses who are on, like on leave and who had re- retired recently, retired nurses, things like that. But still, 
Um, yeah, they the government asked for 500 nurses to help with the games. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can imagine how the Nurses Association in Japan, the various medical associations reacted to that. Y'all tripping. Ain't no way that's happening. Basically is what they said to the government. Obviously not in those words, because Japan, much more polite than that, at least in the the spoken communication. The the subtext is there, but yeah, that's that was just not gonna happen. So yeah, I mean it's gonna be a fiasco. And there was a really good question that came up on I think it was it was a Sunday morning talk show, a news talk show. And one of the commentators asked the question, who takes responsibility when the games become a super spreader event? Is it going to be the JOC, the Japan Olympic Committee? Is it going to be the Japanese government? Is it going to be the IOC? And even if, if it's the IOC, they may take responsibility, but what are they going to do? Nothing, right? They're not going to contribute money to the Japanese medical associations and hospitals that are having to deal with the super spreader fallout. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the, that's the question to ask right now. Because I don't think it's going to be an if, I think it's going to be a win, honestly. Because I don't see how they can do this without at least some clusters and 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 some uh, increase in, in cases of the coronavirus due to the Olympics. And so, I mean, what do we do? I mean, I know that, you know, the athletes, they work really hard. And in minor sports, you know, if you're a kayaker, if you are a fencer, this is the one time to get noticed by the world. I mean, honestly, though, I think it's time to blow up the Olympics. Just do away with them. Just Wipe them out, start over again. I mean, at this point, no one wants to host the games, right? I mean, authoritarian countries do. Countries where people don't really have a whole lot of say in what their government does. I mean, we've had... I mean, look at the places that have been hosting the Olympics recently. You know, not a lot of places that are high on the, you know, democracy rankings and things like that. So those are the places that want the games right now. A lot of places have been saying no. I think Stockholm said no. Chicago said no. We, like the people of the city said no. We want nothing to do with this. And I think they're right because of the IOC and the way the contracts are are set up and all that. So yeah, it's time to blow it all up. Just, we need something different, right? So, you know, like I say, the, 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 the contracts are onerous on the host cities. A lot of cases... The stadiums end up being abandoned in basically boondoggles. And so end the Olympics. For real. Just do away with them. Time to end the Olympics. Something new needs to take their place. So the 1904 Olympics in St. Louis were just an absolute mess. Um, this, this So if you don't know, the St. Louis Olympics in 1904... 1904, Chicago was actually awarded the Olympics, but St. Louis had a World's Fair going on at the same time. And basically, the World's Fair organizers stole the Olympics from Chicago. They basically refused to allow any other international event to be happening 
in the U.S. at the same time. So they said, we're taking those Olympics. And the IOC said, um, okay. And not, not quite that simple, but that it's not that far from the truth. So the Olympics in St. Louis, like I say, this big giant mess. Um, the interesting kind of side note, the marathon for the St. Louis Olympics, 1904 Olympics, was absolutely bonkers. Um, there's a sports journalist named John Boyce. Um, he has a really good video on YouTube about it. Look this up and watch this when you got like 20 minutes of time. It's called Rat Poison and Brandy, the 1904 St. Louis Olympic Marathon. Check it out. It's a really interesting story about just the absolute bonkers marathon that year. So like I say, the St. Louis games were an absolute mess. But one thing that was maybe something to come back to, the St. Louis games were spread out over a very long time, um, almost half a year, actually. I mean, it was unofficially. The official games were much shorter, but all the athletic events that were associated with the World's Fair took place over like five, six months. So it was basically a half-year Olympics. Spreading the games out again like that may be something good to look at in the future, right? You could alleviate some of the pressures on the city, right? You could They could retool an Olympic venue for multiple events if they have like a month between events, right? Do, do, the, Olymp, do the gymnastics this time, retool the arena, and do something else in it, you know, a month later. You know, that might be something to look at. Maybe spread out the Olympic Games in geographically, right? Don't force it to be in one city or its immediate environs, right? Let it be an entire region of a country or even on a whole country if it's a small enough country, right? Like the World Cup does. Spread the Games out either temporally or geographically. Take some of the pressures off. Make something new. Make something better because right now the Olympics are kind of a mess. And right now, right, everything's a big mess. And Japan is dealing with that, right? The IOC, I think most of us probably think the IOC is pretty objectively horrible. Um, The Olympics need to be better. And I guess that's where I'll end my ramblings and my soapbox rantings. So please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever it is that you cast your pods. Um, The podcast is available on, I think, most of the major platforms. Um, It's on Apple, it's on Google, it's on Spotify, it's on Stitcher. Um, If you're in the U.S., you can listen on Pandora. I guess there's a few others I, I could get. I'm not on... We're not on Amazon Podcasts or on... Uh, iHeartRadio, but you know th- those you can pick up. You can pick it up in most of the places that people listen to podcasts. Um, anyway, if if you wanna if you want me to put it on one of those places, let me know if you prefer, you know, iHeartRadio or whatever. We'll we'll look into that. But whatever. Uh, yeah, you can always find the Twitter for this podcast at Just Another Cast. Um, learn about Japanese history in the process. I throw up little nuggets up there. Uh, pretty much every day. You can email the show at justanotherjerkpodcast at gmail.com. 
And you can find all this information and more on the website, which I still need to work on. It's still it's still at bare bones at this point. But it's tinyurl.com slash jerkpod. And that is all for me. I'm Jonathan Isaacson, and I am out. Peace. Peace.